Here is his story, his story in one paragraph tonight as we start. He was the favorite son of his father, who was Jacob. When he enters the stage of biblical history, he is 17 years old. Because his brothers hated him, he was sold as a slave, and he was taken into Egypt. The favor and the blessing of God was evidently and powerfully upon his life. After being falsely accused, he was in prison with no hope of getting out. But after correctly interpreting a couple of dreams of, of some men in the prison, he's called for by Pharaoh. Because he correctly interpreted Pharaoh's dream, he became the prime minister of Egypt. Eventually, he welcomed his family to Egypt, which preserved the line of promise that has started with his great-grandfather, Abraham. This man's name is Joseph. You know the story. Maybe better than what I do. But I want to dig into this story of Joseph for a few moments tonight and see what the Lord would say to us from the power of the Word of God. The brief summary that I just gave to you only hints at the drama that surrounded Joseph's life. As you study the life of Joseph, there is a phrase or a concept that keeps appearing over and over again, even when it's not written or even when it's not spoken or even when it's not stated, it is still there, this concept in Joseph's life. And it's found in Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 2. And the Bible said, and the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Can I just tell you tonight, there is nothing there is nothing like the presence and the power of God with you to shed new light on a dark situation. That no matter what you are facing, no matter what is transpiring in your life, if you can grab a hold of the fact that God is involved in my life. And God knows every detail of my life. And God knows exactly what needs to be done today and he will tomorrow just like he did yesterday. There is nothing that takes God by surprise. Sometimes I'm surprised. I, I, got a, my, I picked up my phone. My phone buzzed the other week, about two or three weeks ago, and, uh, and I picked it up, and there was a text there, and I was totally shocked by the text that I got on my phone. And, I, and my wife came in the room, and I was just kind of sitting there staring at my phone, kind of, is, is bamboozled a word? Just kind of just bamboozled. And I, so I, and she said, are you okay? And I said, well, I'm getting text here from a person, and it's kind of throwing me off a little bit. I was surprised. But you know what? No matter what kind of text I may get that surprises me, God's never surprised. And God's never caught off guard. God always knows exactly, come on, somebody, what you need exactly when you need it. His power is available when we need his power. His healing is available when we need his healing. His strength is available when we need his strength. Everything that we need can be found in the power and the presence of God in our life. And the Bible said the Lord was with Joseph. And because the Lord was with Joseph, God worked miraculous things into his life. James Boyce, a commentator by the name of James Boyce, published his exposition of Joseph, and he called him a man for all seasons. 
It seems like the correct title for a man who went through all the different experiences Joseph did. Although Joseph was blessed and favored by God, don't miss this, he still did not have an easy life. He faced things that were tremendously perplexing in his own spirit and his own mind, but he kept in all the experiences that Joseph experienced. He never stopped serving or trusting the Lord. Can I just encourage somebody in this room tonight that no matter what happens in your life, it is pays to serve Almighty God and keep walking with Almighty God. Hallelujah. Sometimes the load gets heavy, and sometimes the battle gets hot, and sometimes the way gets hard, and sometimes the mountain gets steep. But I'm telling you, it is so comforting to know that I've got God. His hand is in my hand. He's leading me. He's guiding me. He's taking me to where he desires for me to go. I'm so glad tonight I have God with me. Hallelujah. There's been a lot of feelings that have gone through my spirit and through my heart and through my mind in the last 30-some years. But I want to tell you, I've never had a desire to walk away from the house of God and quit serving God because I know where my strength lies. It lies in the power of having God with me. Oh, hallelujah. And because Joseph had made up his mind, I'm going to keep on serving and trusting the Lord. Adversity didn't harden him. Prosperity didn't ruin him. Temptation didn't destroy him. Imprisonment didn't embitter him. And promotion didn't change him because he had his mind made up. I'm going to serve and trust Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we, we have an advantage that Joseph didn't have. We know how his story ends. But Joseph had no idea about his future. And because of this, no matter how hard we try, it's almost impossible to read it as the amazing, unpredictable adventure that it was. When you know the end of the story, you tend to lose a sense of how unexpected it all was for Joseph while it was happening. I can pick up my Bible and read through the book of Genesis and read the story of Joseph in a half hour's time. But it took more than that for Joseph to live what happened in his life. So I have to ask myself, how much of the future did he, how much did he know about his future when he was cast into the pit? And I have to tell myself, he didn't know nothing about his future. How much did he know about it when he had, when it was about to happen when he was in Potiphar's house and everything that happened in Potiphar's house? He didn't know nothing how this was all going to unfold. He just knew it was happening in real time. And it was happening in his life. How much did he know when he was sitting in the Egyptian prison? He had no clue what was about to happen while he was sitting there. All he knew was this. The Lord is with me. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to trust him. How much did he know about God's purposes when he was elevated to become the prime minister of Egypt? He didn't know a whole lot about what was going to happen. He just knew that he was following and he was trusting God. And I'm speaking to somebody tonight under the sound of my voice, either in this sanctuary or online somewhere. I'm speaking to somebody 
that you don't know exactly why what's happening is happening in your life. But can I tell you, if you've got God in your life, everything's going to be as God desires for it to be. And God will work it all out according for his glory and for my good. Hallelujah. And just like Joseph, we do not know for certain what will happen in the coming weeks and months and years of our life. We have no way of knowing. Oh, we have our plans, but those could be changed. I have, we may have calls to make and people to see and appointments to keep and decisions that we have to make, but all this hinges on circumstances far beyond our control. It is a fact of life. Just one phone call, just one email, or just one text could change everything about our life. The truth is life at its best is short, it's fragile, and it's uncertain. And just like Joseph, none of us knows for sure what tomorrow may bring. That is exactly, exactly why I must have God involved in my life. I need the power and the presence of God involved in my life. When God becomes involved in my life, it gives me everything I need to successfully live for him. And serve him. Hallelujah. And so if God is not involved in your daily life, if you're attempting to navigate through the maze of life without having God involved, then there is, there is no better place than right here, and there's no better time than right now to let him get involved in your life by his power and by his might, by surrendering your life to him and allowing yourself to be filled with the power of his spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. The power of the spirit is a wonderful thing to have in our lives. I wouldn't want to try to live life without it. Hallelujah. So when Genesis 39 opens, Joseph has been betrayed by his brothers. He sold the desert traders and took him down into Egypt where they sold him to a man named Potiphar who was the head of Pharaoh's security detail. He's far from home. He's a slave in Egypt. His brothers have abandoned him. His father thinks he's dead. And here he is down in Egypt. And as Genesis 39 opens, his future appears very bleak indeed. There's only one fact and only one fact that gives us, should give us any hope that his story will turn out well. After informing us that he's now a slave in Potiphar's house, the text adds one all-important detail in Genesis 39 and 2. The Lord was with Joseph. And that fact makes all the difference in the world. It's easy to forget sometimes that with all the ups and downs of Joseph's life, there was an invisible hand working through every single event to produce the desired result. From the pit to Potiphar's house to the prison to the palace to the promise being fulfilled, God was powerfully involved in Joseph's life. As a matter of fact, every step along the way, God was working by his power and by his authority to make Joseph what God desired for Joseph to be so God, Joseph could do what God desired for Joseph to do. 
Praise God. And I come to this pulpit night with an uncanny feeling in my spirit that I'm preaching to somebody that you don't know why what's going on in your life is going on right now. But God's holding and God's shaping and God's forming you so you can be what God desires for you to be. So God can use you like God desires to use you for his glory and for his power. Who knows? Your life may be the catalyst for deliverance in somebody else's life. You may be the one that God is shaping and forming to reach. The Bible said that God sets solitaries in families to bring out those that are bound with chains. He could set you down somewhere and put you in a place and you wonder why you're there and you wonder what's going on is going on, but God is using it for his glory to impact somebody for all of eternity by the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Do you realize that if Joseph had not gone down and God had not worked in Joseph's life, that he would have not been the deliverer for his people when the famine came and he he supplied what they needed because of the intelligence and because of the know-how that God had given to Joseph. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't forget, there's an invisible hand working in your life. There's an invisible force. Can't be seen sometimes. And can I, can I just say this? Can't be felt sometimes. But even when I can't see him and even when I can't feel him, he's still working in my life by his power and by his might and by his authority. We've all If you've walked with God for any length of time, we've all walked through desert places and dark nights of the soul where that we reached and felt and and longed after the presence of God. And the only thing that kept us going was the fact that he's already, already told us that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. He'd be with us to the very end of the age. Our God is not a deserter. He's a God that sticks with us. And can I just say this? I can't live on my feelings. I live by faith in Almighty God, that God knows where I am at. So if I read Joseph's story and I don't come away with a new appreciation for God's hand over everything that's happened in my life, I am certainly missed the point of Joseph's story because there's this undergirding, invisible, powerful presence and hand of Almighty God working in our life. And just like Joseph, as we stand at the moment of history we are presently in, we need a God whose ways are way beyond understanding. We need a God whose purposes span the generations. We need a God who cannot be stopped by the evil deeds of evil men. And I'm extremely glad to declare on this Sunday night at Capital Community Church, we have that kind of a God in our lives right now by his power And by his authority, he can work like nobody else else can work. I really believe tonight, and I'm going to state it tonight. I believe that God's in control. I believe he's got it all under control. He knows exactly what he's doing. Like I said before, he's never surprised by what happens in our world. He's got the whole world. Pastor Lehman said that he's got the whole world in his hands. 
And that's exactly why I can stand in Fredericton and pray for India and pray for other nations of the world and they be impacted by the power of Almighty God because that God is totally and completely in control by his power and by his might. Hallelujah. So chapter 39 of Genesis opens up with, with Joseph in Potiphar's house. It ends, it closes with Joseph in prison after being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. But because of his faithfulness to God, he lost his job, he lost his freedom, he lost his reputation. He appears to be a ruined man. And the word about the word of God declares at the end of Genesis 39 and Genesis 39 and verse number 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Man, I like those words. The Lord was with Joseph. I love that. And he showed him mercy. What, you know what that tells me? God is telling Joseph, I know where you are at. I know what has happened in your life. I know you've been falsely accused. I know that things have happened that should have never happened in your life. But Joseph, I am well aware of what's going on. And I am with you, Joseph. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. Mm. There's a neat flow to the story of Joseph in Genesis 39. It opens with Joseph enjoying good success because the Lord was with him. Can I just drop this little nugget in here also? Not only was Joseph blessed because the Lord was with him, but Potiphar's house was blessed because the Lord was with Joseph. And if you live with an awareness that the, that the blessing of God is upon your life because the Lord is with you, it affects everybody around you. It can affect everybody around you. Hallelujah. So he opens up, and there's good success in Potiphar's house and good success in Joseph's life because the Lord was with him. And he ends up in jail, but even there he prospers because the Lord was with him. Now at the beginning of Genesis 41, Joseph is still in prison. And at the end of Genesis 41, he's the prime minister of Egypt. How did this happen? I'll tell you how it happened. I've already said this once tonight. The Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> the Lord was with him. And as you journey through Joseph's story, you are impressed over and over again that the real hero of Joseph's story is not Joseph, but the real hero of Joseph's story is Almighty God. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one that's directing Joseph's life. He's the one that knows what's going on and putting these things into Joseph's life and honing and shaping Joseph into what jo he desires for Joseph to be. You know, sometimes in my life I've wondered why. Anybody ever ask the question, why? Why, God? Why, God, if, if I had my choice, I would never walk through what I'm walking through. I would never face what I am facing. But when I look back over my life, I have to understand and I have to declare, thanks be to God that God worked in my life like he did. Because who I am today 
And where I am today is because of the miraculous, powerful working of the hand of Almighty God in my life. As he molded and as he shaped and as he formed and as he rubbed off some, some sharp corners and he honed some things down in my life and put some things in and took some things out by his power and by his strength, Aaliyah. And I come to this pulpit night with a calm assurance in my spirit that the hand of God is upon my life. And the power of God is working in my life. And I come here with a calm assurance that the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Praise God. They went back. Let's jump ahead of in the story. They went back once. To, to, to their father, the boys did, the, the gentlemen did. After they went down into Egypt to get food, they went back to their father, and Jacob makes this statement, all these things are against me. No, Jacob, what you don't realize, all these things are for you because God's doing something only God can do by his power and by his authority and by his mind. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Reach up a hand and understand God's with you tonight. God's hand is upon your life. God's working in your life. His favor is upon your life. His blessing is upon your life. God knows what he's doing in our lives by his power and by his spirit and by his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joseph's life illustrates perhaps better than any other story in the Bible. A profound, awesome truth is found in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. You know this verse. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. In so many ways, Joseph's Whole life is the Old Testament illustration of this profound New Testament truth. Not just maybe this one thing, but all things are working together for good. Hallelujah. When I step back and I realize that my life is not just what's happening right now, but it's what's already happened and what will happen in the future. I have a little bit of a little bit of nervousness in my spirit about what I'm preaching tonight because I'm not quite sure, but maybe God is setting me up for something that's coming up the road. Now, as I prayed about this service and as I contemplated this service and as I sought after the mind of God for this service, I, I had this uncanny feeling in my spirit that God wants somebody to know that he's with you and that he knows what's going on in your life. And there's nothing that takes him by surprise. And the more I studied and the more I prayed and the more I thought about this, I thought, I thought maybe, just maybe, because, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, the preacher has to live what he preaches. And I wonder that maybe if God is putting me into a place where he's, I'm going to have to look back on this Sunday night and remember, you priest at Capital Community Church, that when God gets involved, everything's going to be okay, no matter what's happening right now in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here's five statements that are true about God. I want to declare them to you. First of all, he upholds all things. He really does have us all in the palm of his hand. We are engraved, the Bible said, in the palm of his hand. He upholds all things. He governs all events. 
He directs everything to its appointed end. He does all, this all the time in every circumstances, and he always does it for his own glory and for our good. He is totally and completely in control. He makes no mistakes, and he has our best interest at heart. Come on, somebody. God knows what's going on. God knows what he is doing. And so we need to see, as Joseph saw, the invisible hand of God moving through the circumstances of our life. If you'd just give me about five minutes here, I just want to take a little tour through Joseph's life and just kind of unfold the story of Joseph's life. And as I go through this, and I'm not going to hit every fine detail and every fine point, but as I do this, what, you're going to, what we're going to see is, is that God's hand and God's purpose and God's plan was being unfolded in Joseph's life over and over and over again. Because Joseph was the favored son of his father, Jacob. He was the object of envy of his brothers. The day came when he was sold to some men who happened to be passing by. His brothers took his coat of many colors that his father had given to him and splashed it with the blood of an animal in order to make it appear as though he had been killed by a wild animal. They showed the coat to Jacob, who believed their lie and sorrowfully concluded that Joseph was dead. Meanwhile, Joseph was taken to Egypt, and there he was sold again, this time to Potiphar. And Genesis 39 tells us that Joseph gained favor with Potiphar because the Lord was with him to bless him. And he had his hand upon Joseph's life. Eventually, Potiphar put Joseph in charge of his entire household. This was a high honor for a Hebrew slave because he was, because he was competent and confident and good-looking. Potiphar's wife approached him about having an affair. Joseph refused pointing out that he could not betray Potiphar and he would not sin against God. She persisted to the point that one day, when everybody else was gone from the house, she grabbed a hold of him and he let his coat, his cloak slip off into her hands and he ran for his life. Hallelujah. And that reminds me of the message from Wednesday night that when temptation comes, you need to say no. And just run for your life and get out of there and flee temptation. Thank you for the word of God. Pastor Woodward, in the name of Jesus Christ, praise God. And so, and so then because, because he refused her and because she was humiliated by his refusal, she, she accused him of rape, and it was a false charge, of course, but Potiphar believed his wife and had Joseph thrown in prison. In prison, Joseph prospered once again and gained the respect of his fellow prisoners and of the guards. This happened because... The Lord was with him to bless him. I want to tell somebody, when God gets involved in your life, it's all about him. Eventually, a cupbearer and a baker were thrown into the same prison, and Joseph befriended them. One night, they both had a dream they could not interpret, but Joseph was able to interpret them with the Lord's help. The dreams came true exactly as Joseph had predicted, the baker was hung, but the cupbearer was restored to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph asked him to remember him after he was out, but he forgot about Joseph down in the prison. Two years passed as Joseph sat in prison, and then Pharaoh had a dream he could not interpret. That's when the cupbearer remembered Joseph's amazing ability 
and mentioned it to Pharaoh, who ordered Joseph brought before him. Joseph correctly interpreted his dream and was rewarded by Pharaoh, who made him the prime minister of Egypt. Not bad for a Hebrew slave who had been sold into slavery by his brothers, but he was there because God was with Joseph. Eventually, the famine that Joseph predicted from the dreams of Pharaoh began to happen, and Jacob told his sons to go to Egypt and to buy some grain. They go, and in the process, meet Joseph, only they don't know it's Joseph that they're talking to. This happens twice, and then Joseph reveals his true identity. They're shocked, and, they, and they're scared because they betrayed him years ago, and now he's in a position to get even with them. But listen, Joseph doesn't do that. In fact, he stuns him with these words in Genesis 45, verses 5 to 8. Now, therefore, be not grieved, Joseph told his brothers, nor be angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Did you hear that? Joseph said, what happened, happened because God was in control and God was involved in my life. And God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and there's five more years of famine. And God, he says it again, and God sent me before you to preserve you of posterity in the earth and to save your lives by your great deliverance. So now it was not you. My, this is amazing to me. It was not you that sent me hither, but God. Joseph is telling his brothers, listen, you did what you did, but God used that for his glory. And God used that for his purpose in our, in my life. And now here I am, and here you come. And the, and the dreams that you had, the dreams I had of, of people bowing down to me, is exactly what happened because God was in control by his power and by his might and by his authority. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. Joseph reassures them that God is in control. But their brothers go back to Canaan and tell their aged father that Joseph is still alive. He can't believe it, but eventually they convince him to come to Egypt with them. He makes the trip, is reunited with the son he had given up for dead many years ago. And it's all, they're just so glad to see each other. There's such a reunion between father and son and brothers. And they're all come back together again. Then he meets Pharaoh. Jacob meets Pharaoh who offered to let Joseph's family settle in Egypt for as long as they like. The family settles in Egypt and lives in peace for many years. Finally, Jacob dies at the age of 147. Now it's just Joseph and his brothers. And Joseph's brothers, one more time, are afraid and they're fearful because now that dad's dead, Joseph's just waiting for this moment to take revenge on us. He's just waiting for dad to die so he can get us back for what we did to him all those years ago. But Joseph is so convinced that God is a part of his life and that God is involved in his life. When they send messengers to him and they come to him asking him to forgive them for what they had done and, and, and realizing they had done evil against him, Joseph made this reply, don't be afraid, fear not. 
For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring the past as it is this day to save much people alive. You know what? Joseph lived with the realization that God is involved in my life. And when God gets involved in your life, everything that God does is for his purpose and for his glory and for your good. How could Joseph talk like that after all that had happened to him? How could Joseph forgive them and say, listen, don't be afraid. God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The answer is simply because Joseph saw God everywhere in his life. Everywhere he looked, he saw God. God meant it unto good. He's able to take evil actions of men and use them to accomplish his plans. Joseph saw the invisible hand of God at work in his life. Joseph understood, and the music can come back as I get ready to close tonight. Joseph understood that behind the actions of his brothers stood the Lord God, who had orchestrated the entire affair in order to get them him to just the right place at the right moment in order to save his whole family. Though it took years and years for God's purposes to be clear, in the end, Joseph saw the hand of God behind everything that happened to him. I paused to think about the implications of what Joseph believed, that God's hand was involved in everything that happened to him. Joseph believed that at the right moment, his brothers threw him in the pit. At the right moment, the Midianites came along and got him up out of that pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites. And at the right moment, he was sold to Potiphar. At the right moment, Potiphar's wife falsely accused him. And at the right moment in that jail, he meant the baker and the cupbearer. And at the right moment in Pharaoh's palace, the cupbearer remembered Joseph. And at the right moment, Pharaoh called for Joseph. And at the right moment, he was promoted to prime minister. And at just the right moment, Jacob and his sons moved to Egypt. Or Jacob sent his sons to Egypt. And just the right moment, the brothers met Joseph. And at just the right moment, Jacob's family moved to Egypt. And at just the right moment, Pharaoh offered them the land of Goshen. And at just, just the right moment, they settled there and they prospered. And because of God's hand upon Joseph's life, everything happened just at the right time, just the right moment in just the right way. So just the right people would be in the right place that in the end, everything would come out the way God had planned it to come out. All because God was involved in Joseph's life. And I just come to this pulpit tonight to tell somebody, God's involved in your life. Don't 
turn away. Don't quit serving him. Quit trusting God. Just keep walking with God and watch what God can do. You know, there's somebody in this room tonight with a testimony, and you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God can do exactly what God needs to do in your life. You are convinced of that because you've watched God work so many ways and so many times. And so you can testify, I know that God can do it. I know that God can bring me through it because God is involved in my life. And God is involved by his power and by his strength in my life. If there's somebody under the sound of my voice, you just need a reassurance tonight that God knows where you're at. You may be in the pit, so to speak. You may be in Potiphar's house being falsely accused. You may be in a prison because of some reason for something you did not do and because you were falsely accused. Or you may be on your way to a palace somewhere where God wants to use you. But I want to tell you, God knows what's going on in your life. And God knows how to get you from where you're at to where he desires for you to be. God is involved in your life. Hallelujah. Let's stand together in the house of the Lord. So the question that arises from Joseph's life is this. Will you trust God? with the details of your life. Will you say, I trust you, God, in the darkness, in the light, in the sunshine, in the night, on the steep climb or the easy path, I will trust you with the details of my life. Even when I don't see, even when I don't know how it may all turn out, I choose to trust God. Feel the strength of God and the voice of God in this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I choose to trust God. I submit myself to you, God. And I say, you're in charge. I am not. I will trust you with every detail of my life. Hallelujah. Could you raise a hand with me and just 